This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Hey, everyone. Welcome. We are recording today. It is January 29th. It is 1292019. I noticed those numbers when I wrote them in my diary this morning. My diary. Like, I don't write in a diary. Does it have write... a little key? It does. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I, I carry it around with me all day long. I wear it in my bra. Uh, in my journal today, I just noticed, oh, look at those numbers. I'm like, you know, I like to look at the numbers. I like to look at the numbers. Eva, I should have been an accountant. And my feet are now hot, so I'm taking my shoes off. Okay, there we go. So we are recording on January 29th. Uh, it is a Tuesday. You will be not hearing this on January 29th. But I just wanted to give you a general idea of the date, because I always do that, because I fear that if there's some sort of major catastrophe later in the week, that you'll know that at least we're not talking about it, because <laughs> it didn't happen yet. How come they haven't mentioned the meteorite? <laughs> There's an, an extinction-level event going on, and they're talking about their day. <laughs> exactly. As you can tell from all of the laughs and the chuckles around the table, we are doing an octagon table discussion today. It is the first Ooh. one of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Worst Foley ever. War. Winning. God, y'all. It's like guy in the back like, ah. <laughs> There's a 70s funk to you today. <laughs> That's right. There is. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bomb. There's a, there's a bomb for that. 70s funk. I think it might be an antibiotic, actually. <laughs> Have you come for the funk bomb, madam? Ding, ding. The Funk bomb sketch. <laughs> oh, excellent. I, uh, this is good start already. Uh, so, yes, we're doing our first octagon table of the year. My plan, and you know, plans are meant to not happen, but it is January. So one does things like planning for the year. My plan is to do one of these motherfuckers a month. God damn it. And we're going to do it. We're going to put it in the goddamn calendar. and We're going to get here. and We're going to do it. I dig it. All right. So uh, and uh, by the way, second podcast, uh, two weeks in a row, d did a podcast last week, doing one this week. I don't know. And it must be exhausting. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. It's exhausting. It's crazy. It's exhausting. And I showered three days in a row. What? What? I know. Yeah. This depressive, anxious person, I'm marking it off. Like I have like a little calendar that I'm going to have to mark it off on or something. Banner week. Yeah. <laughs> three days in a row, I actually shaved my armpits. It's, wow. I know. That's impressive. Thank you. Yeah. It's like you're on camera. <laughs> it's, it's like I care. I care. <laughs> I feel like a montage needs to be shot. <laughs> yes. Day two. <laughs> mm. really Day three. Oh. And during, during the slow downward mm. spiral of civilization as we know it, <laughs> Kelly maintained personal hygiene. <laughs> Five o'clock shadow. She was found perfectly intact. <laughs> Even her legs were shaved. Christine. Wow. <laughs> yes, I know. Seriously. Even the back of my thighs. That's smelling, all I can say, I mean, smelling delicious. 
<laughs> men don't get it. Like they, they think uh, it's just the calves, but you got to uh, do the whole back of it. You really? got to. You just don't know where those fuckers are going to show up. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course, none of this has anything to do with anything we're going to talk about today. Oh, does it? <laughs> We will always find a way to connect everything with everything else because that's how our brains work. God damn it. Thank God. So today's topic for our octagon table discussion is the concept, the idea, the theme of heroes. Heroes. What are heroes? Well, of course, I went and went online and did my stupid etymology search because that's what I love to do. The word, the actual word is like late 14th century from Old French, goddamn French, and from Latin, heros, H-E-R-O-S. You know, hero, demigod, illustrious man, from the Greek, heros, with a like little tilde things over the E and the O. Uh, a variant singular of which was hero with an E. Hmm. Uncertain origin, perhaps originally defender or protector, but definitely demigod, definitely, uh, well, man, certainly back in the Greek and the uh, Latin days. And yet, Joseph Campbell, who I thought we had to bring into this topic because, well, pff, he's the man who's discussed. <clears throat> if you can hear that, that is my husband working on his Westphalia. That'll be a whole other episode. I should interview mm. him and his about his Westphalia. Does that take a salve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it would. He's come down with Westphalia. Yeah, mm. yeah. It might be an antibiotic and a salve. Well, there's might. a lot of gas involved. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. You don't want to get close. It's Germanic pox. <laughs> <laughs> I had that. Yeah, did you? Fine. So now you look great. You're, you're, yeah. Yes, yes. I know someone. We know someone in common who's got shingles this I week. Know. And talk about hero, uh, Joseph Campbell. <laughs> Nice segue. Thank you. Really good. (laughs) You can tell this is the way this day is going to be. A hero is someone who has given his or her life to something bigger than oneself. Hmm. Slightly different definition. So I was uh, reading in the paper this morning about this Michael Jackson documentary that has premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. It's a four-hour documentary. It's about two young men. Um, I believe both of which uh, had defended Michael for years, had been part of his little children pedophilia ring, and they had defended him for years. And um, they have come forward, and they are a big part of this documentary. And in the time that it is now, the Me Too time, and everyone having to take responsibility for their strange proclivities, (laughs) and then some... Uh, I was reading this and I was thinking, A, these young, well, they're not, they're adults now, but their journey of being truth, you know, not truth tellers and then truth tellers and then being part of this documentary. And then what we're doing in our culture right now around our heroes and ones that we find out do things that are uh, disgusting, illegal, uh, immoral, unethical, whatever the range is uh, around these things. And so our culture right now is wrestling with who are our heroes? What do we do with fallen heroes? You know, why do, you know, so my, my big question, some of my big questions today is, 
just this general interesting, the fact that we have this archetypal relationship with this thing called the hero, which clearly started a long time ago. We've got gods and demigods and Hercules and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, Joseph Campbell's take, which Hercules is Hercules that- was not a hero. Just for the record, this guy was so bad with women. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't they all? <laughs> See, back in the day, they were all bad with women and children. They just fucked everything. <laughs> Zeus did, certainly. Fair enough, yeah. yeah. Literally. Reach. Disguised as a swan, <laughs> he slept with Leah. And no one's going, wait, wait, you thought he was a swan, so you slept with him? <laughs> I'm very confused by this story. Right, that was a winning trait? That was, yeah. That was, I don't think there's what, any winners in this one. There's no winning in this scenario. <laughs> no, no. So I, I'm just... It's like what Ripley says, let's just nuke the whole planet and get out of here. <laughs> yes, exactly. Pull out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so just... That, that swan can keep a secret. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> 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 oh, good. It brought insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Until little Timmy comes along. What? Someone's trapped in the well? He speaks swan. He speaks Timmy. Timmy Timmy talks to the animals. Swan does. Timmy was a dog. dog. Timmy's not just talking to dogs anymore. (laughs) If that sheep says anything, it's a damn liar. Move over, Dr. Doolittle. Timmy's here. (laughs) We've got to make that. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Okay. So I think it's just interesting that our culture right now is wrestling so much with taking people off of pedestals, heroes off of pedestals, things like that. So I just wanted to put that into the context of this conversation, and we can certainly get around to that. But I thought we would start with something a little less broad and crazy and and rhizomic. And... Rhizomic. Rhizomic. Yeah, that's my new word. I cannot help myself. I say it a few times every day. So rhizomes are things that... After, before you shave your pits. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, hold on. Let me think. Let's see. Hmm. Uh, After pits. Thank you. After pit shaving. Noted. Yeah, yeah. I'm not up for large words before pit shaving. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's a couple of those... Those three or four silly words have to come after. <laughs> um, so I wanted to just hear from you guys, just in general, about um, who or who've been your heroes in your life, and what and what is what does even that mean to have a hero? Like what what are some of the traits of a hero in this day and age? Or, you know, just curious about what you guys think about these things. You know me. That's why we're here. Hmm. For me, the heroes have always been the people who speak truth to power, uh, even when it is a risk to themselves. Um, my f- my very first hero, and this is gonna this will expose me as the geek that I am. In childhood, my very first hero was Galileo. Oh yes, the idea that this guy like figured out that the Earth moved around the sun. Yes, challenged the norm of the time, and then supposedly. Uh, uh, it may be apocryphal, but supposedly in the last moments before he was executed, his his last words were, I still say it moves. <sighs> because he just, the tr- that truth that he had figured out was more important than any other yeah. damn thing that anyone Giving could do. Giving himself 
to something bigger than himself. Yeah. 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 Um, By the way, this that's Dylan Brody. I didn't go around the table yet, so we'll oh, introduce, I'm sorry. No, we'll introduce each, each other. I, <laughs> introduce like, yourself when hi, you this talk. this is Rick Ovid to my left. <laughs> yes, <I'm laughs> exactly. Dylan Brody. Um, I'm Timmy. So, so <laughs> we, yes, we know. Could you speak swan today, again? Today we're calling you Timmy only. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember being a kid and learning about Galileo and thinking, whoa. Like, whoa. And and it wasn't until much later that I figured out that before the Dark Ages, everybody knew the Earth was round. Right. Right. That that was that was hidden information that we already had access to right. that he was then revealing. But at that time, the idea that he would take on this incredibly powerful entity of the church that needed uh, 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 terra centric universe mm-hmm. um, in order to function. Yeah. Um, w- was magnificent to me. Truly. Truly. Yeah, that's that's a great example. And yeah, and you think about today, like, where is there a Galileo? Do we have a situation like that where a Galileo would even, you know, with all this fake news and multiple perspectives thing? Well, the Me Too movement is largely about that. Yeah, that's true. Um, the the uh, unveiling of the, the child abuse in the, the, Catholic, in the Church Catholic Church is a lot of that. Yeah. It's... It's a it's a funny thing. I hope um, uh, <laughs> always, and and this has gone back as f- far as I remember in my lifetime, and at least a little bit before. Comics have said things over and over again that everybody recognizes is true, and then ten or twenty years later, it turns out to be true, and everyone is shocked. Yeah, that's my dad. I mean, that's a lot of my dad's material. It's, it's like it's, yes, it's some of it. That's yeah, really yeah. A, a lot of the owners of America thing and all of that. People are like, hey, you did. I'm like, yeah, he was 15 fucking years ago. He was hitting you people over the head with this shit. Yeah. And you were ignoring it. It was um, Lenny Bruce was talking about the Catholic Church. Yep, uh, and. Uh, like when I was coming up as a comic in the in the early '80s, there were a lot of black comics who were doing, uh, you know, on this side of the ta- uh, side of town they say freeze police. Over where I live, it's bam, 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 freeze police. Right. Like, and everyone laughed. We all knew there's a different justice system for blacks than for whites, and it was hilarious. And then it comes out that there's a different justice system for blacks <laughs> and for whites. What? That's outrageous. Yeah. Right. Well, you found it hilarious 20 years ago when it was true. It's almost like. Culturally, we can, like, humor helps us go <laughs> with the truth because we can't really handle it yet. I refer to and we it don't as, know what the fuck we're going to do about it yet. I refer to it as horror under laughing glass. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's something my grandfather used to do about the, when he talked about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. Yes. Uh, and it was very dark. And it used to make my parents crazy. Yeah. How dare you be funny about this thing? And, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like well, the, the generation that walked through it gets to yeah, 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 and the people living in it, and and yeah, it is. It's like our culture can only. It's like oh, I, I'll, I'll I'll hear the truth, but I I can't take it into my heart because if I did, then we'd really all have to take action, take mm-hmm. big action, like huge action that would change everything. And we're not, none of us can do that yet. We're not ready because we we need shiny objects. <laughs> <laughs> for a few more years first. So yeah. So yeah, that is, yeah, that is interesting. And yeah, and certainly comics have been well, they're the court jester. Right. So the court jester is kind of the hero in those kind of conversations because he's the one who does speak truth to power. So Oh, uh, if I may, sitting to my left is one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. Um 
And I will take you back to a time, 1986. I am... Uh, House MC at Chrissy Francis's Hollywood Comedy Room. And we're like laying in a 1986 hit song right now behind us as he oh, tells cool. the story. Nice. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Dig it, now, man. I was at that time doing very topical material. Uh, uh, it's not 86. I'm sorry. It's 18, 87, 88. And I am doing uh, the Brody chronology on the Iran-Contra hmm. thing. And it's just passed out of the news. And it's been getting big laughs for a while. And now it is getting nothing. And Rick Overton, mm-hmm. sitting to my left, was doing big picture stuff about the way in which we are being fed a narrative by both sides of a political, <laughs> a, a mm-hmm. narrow political spectrum. And he is getting big laughs. And afterwards, uh, I walked him to his motorcycle because it was those times. <laughs> and I said, Rick, just tell me they haven't forgotten Iran. Uh, tell, tell me they haven't forgotten uh, the McCarthy era. And Rick said, are you kidding? Did you see your set tonight? They've already forgotten Iran-Contra. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is... it is USADD. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, mm-hmm. And to wow. my mind, the, the heroes currently in the, in, the, in the spoken word and comedy world, the heroes are the ones who can see just a little bit deeper yep. than I am capable of seeing. Right. I can make fun of what's happening now and write really funny jokes about right. it, but the people who can somehow see past that veil Yep. To the underlying issues are always going to be the heroes for me. Yeah. I've talked enough. You guys are in charge. Love that. Oh, mm-hmm. flattered, Love that. Absolutely. Wow, thank you. Aww. Dude, it's mutual, man. <laughs> Heart open big. You, are, you know, you, you also showed me you can use a lot more of the words you'd like to use rather oh. than the ones you think they can oh no make them play up to your game, sir. That's a gift you gave me, <laughs> man. I thank you very you. much. Yeah. There's too much love at this table. Love. <laughs> <laughs> so some of your heroes, Mr. Bono, uh, Aaron, uh, Rick. Um... I like what you said about um, seeing behind the veil. Mm. Yes. It. But and I, I think I have more um, well qualities of a hero. Uh, mm. You do. You have more qualities of a Shut hero. Up. Yes, every. <laughs> oh, so annoying. Each help. time um, I see you, <laughs> you have another quality. Oh uh, yes, I'm very humble. Um, no, I, I feel like I feel like there. You put someone else before you in simple terms, and I'm and I do. I'm thinking of like everyday heroes. I mm-hmm. think of my uncle who was a fireman, and you know he's yep. now like in his 80s, and he sleeps in a chair because he had back surgery from saving somebody out of a burning building. You yeah. know, I think about, mm. so it's like they're seeing like, would you run into a burning building? I don't know. You know, like hopefully I would, but I'm not trained to. Um, but I'm saying like seeing behind like the greater good, um, it's just that human element. So I, I that's kind of how where hero comes <clears throat> in for me. Yes, I see these big ones too, but. Yeah, and there's something built into ourselves um, that that urge to help another, a stranger in a moment, um, to come together when there's a disaster. Like you see those things happening, like you know the the what is it? The better angels of our nature, the better nature of our angels, something. The better like. angels of our nature. Okay, good. Yeah. I got it mm-hmm. right. Yay! Uh, and so, built into us is this all of in built inside all of us is this place that is heroic in some way, you know, that put that's that puts our own safety aside for a moment to help someone else, you know, that that the species wouldn't have survived without that basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then there's people who do that 
every day for a living. I mean, that's, yeah. Have you noticed heroes in movies today? They're not saving other people. The lead is not racing around to help somebody else. There's this killers after the lead. And I remember I pointed this out before, but I mean, With it's really Superman, sociopathic. When Superman changed, wasn't Superman it? kills fucking people, picks up yeah. the bad guy. You threw my mother on the dirt. I'm going to go through an apartment building with you now. Right. I killed I strangers while they're dining because I'm mad at you. Right. They turned him into a psycho. Yes. And it's, we've, we're entering an era of all sociopathic heroes that just focus on themselves and their own power and greed. And when they're fighting something, they're not fighting anything real or tangible that we wish someone would fucking fight. Mm. They're always fighting some giant blue fucking thing for a cube. None of that shit relates to NFT. We don't need a tesseract. We need a fucking medical plan, you know? <laughs> and so you all these intangible villains. So who the fuck cares what the superhero's doing? Well, you're, you're fighting this fictitious thing. We don't ever see a superhero fighting a real thing. Right. The real things that really like it, bother it, us, like you know? In, like the injustice of something. Like real injustice. The justice is, Iron Man used to fight for taking that. Taking on the corporate structure. almost did it a little bit, saying weaponry yeah. and corporatism, and they shut right. that shit down. No, put it back on the blue guy again. Put him with the others. Right. This has been this has been a trend since the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Um, it, coming off of the anti-war movement of this, uh, do you mind if I shift into lecture number three hundred twelve now? Please, uh, lecture number three hundred twelve. Coming out of the anti-war mo- movement, we had this brief moment in the entertainment industry when the arts were explored and ideas of pacifism were explored mm. in heroes. Um, and on television, our our heroes Rockford kept his gun in the cookie jar and didn't want to get it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Columbo used his yeah. His it was savvy. all intellect. And, yeah. and, and it was really Dostoevsky translated to television. All the Columbo. MacGyver but used it. Yeah, exactly. Swiss well, that yeah. was a little later. <laughs> yeah. But um, starting with Dirty Harry and then Hunter, the television version uh-huh. of Dirty Harry, we began to uh, create heroes out of the people who shoot best. And for a minute, it was, well, we have to justify it because the bad guy has to pull a gun first and then he can mm-hmm. shoot him. And then we slowly gave that up until we've reached the point where uh, in the, oh, I can't remember the name, but I think it was the, uh, a Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie. Mm. He refuses to carry a gun. And then he finally just, he, the bad guys are bad enough that he has to pick up a gun and become the hero he's destined to be. So right. heroism is always about better violence. And superhero mm. fantasies are inherently fascist. Because superhero fantasies were the Jewish reaction to Hitler Mm. that said what we need is someone who is incredibly powerful, who is not susceptible to human frailty. Right. Who who can beat up all the evil. Right. And fight for good. And won't fall for greed and won't fall for ego. And what we took out of it over time was the strongest is the hero. Right. And it is poisoning the psyche of a civilization. I agree. And I think what's interesting, too, is that era when you're talking about that late 70s, early 80s, and going into the 80s, um, I mean, think about the 80s. <laughs> it was the me decade. It Cocaine-y, was me firsty. And and it's when um, the accountants, the bean counters, took over the entertainment industry. So it wasn't about telling stories and human stories anymore. It was about... Reaching the widest popular po- possible market. Yeah, with the lowest common denominator of stuff. Yeah, And absolutely. then the movie Moneyball changed uh, everything to being more about an- analyzing how you can use the statistics 
Well, yeah. what happened in the movie Moneyball, as opposed to the movie itself, yeah, yeah. was at that same time. Mm-hmm. It was when we were looking toward right. maximum profit analytics. Yeah. Uh, so heroes have been turned into sociopaths <laughs> by accountants. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. There's actually a series, a um, uh, wow. comic book series called so we, The Boys hmm. that was uh, a group of people that clean up after the, uh, the sociopathic heroes. When, <gasps> like there's a, you know, like The Flash, yeah, right? Yeah. They have a character like The Flash who runs uh, to save someone and in the process runs through physically right. through people and destroys them so that they're just a blob on the ground. And so these these characters take on the dark side of these heroes. So, yeah. So, wow. and that's what I love about this. That like, so in the crevices of, of cultural psyche are, we're trying to work through this and trying to clean up the mess of it and things like that. But, <laughs> um, but our heroes, you know, I, I, I yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's I was shocked to hear the word Uber again. Mm. I was very shocked to hear Uber mm-hmm. and then have it a- applied to a business. And then it suddenly it's, you know, uh, and now it's Uber Uber Alice. Uber Uber Alice. And 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 what do you, but what do you expect cuz now the top box office is the Uber man. It is it, it, the Uber man, the Uber woman. Mm. It is the heroes oh. have risen to the top which the Germans did. Mm. Uh worship the perfect man and now we are saturated with we have uh, plenty of them so it's actually good that this other show that to point out the faults. Well, and I th- coming, I think it's kind of running its cycle too. It I mean, feels right that it's just there, like okay, yeah. those are just different elements that are that are reflective of what we have now with um, this moron. Yes. I mean, our um, friend. Uh, you today. mean the moron in chief? <laughs> yes, yes, sir. I think of him as a less on. Less on. <laughs> he's probably a secretly a genius. The less an on. evil. Uh, there's genius. a there's an author named Brandon Sanderson, um, who is grappling with this and he's an adventure fantasy author and he has one series of books that starts with the way of kings that is for grown-ups and is really fascinating in its approach to no- noble heroism mm. and then for uh, young adults he has a series that started with steelheart i think uh the reckoners series in which he deals with a whole earth after mm. people begin to develop superpowers mm. and everyone who develops superpowers Becomes a warlord and owns a city. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And that's what you do that's, with that's, your superpower. Human, human you. nature kicks in. And, yeah, uh, I can lord over you people. The, our young hero <laughs> has to figure out. Is fascinated with them because one of them killed his dad. Right. And is fascinated and has to figure out what the weakness is in this whole damn setup. You know, it's so interesting. I'm thinking about it from a Jungian psychology perspective about this this superhero. Uh, archetype and that the it's like it's it's someone that's got certain traits that are completely out of balance with the laws of nature is is what it is it's living outside the laws of nature and gravity huh. yeah ex- exactly uh, or, or, or in any of it and 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 how in the human psyche when we start to believe that we can live outside the laws of nature um, you know, it doesn't go well for us. <laughs> I, well, I, that maybe I think that's actually part of the mythology that keeps us all passive. Mm. I think, you know, I had an experience last. Oh, I just figured out why I relapsed into pot smoking. 
Son uh, of a bitch. And we're done now. Uh, we, last, we, it was actually, we were here today just to yeah, do that's that. That's right. All, yeah. of, us, yeah. all of us, we got a call <laughs> and a text. <laughs> last summer, Dylan's I, had in a, trouble. I had a deeply <laughs> uncomfortable experience. Uh, Wait, only one? I, well, uh, it, had a lot, it had week. a lot within it. It was a complex. Like a I mean, I have like six a, six a day. My entire understanding of how the, the world works was shaken. Oh, that because, one of those. Because I, I do not believe in the secret. I do not. I think I've said before on this show, yes. people tell me I should have a vision board. So I got a picture of a vision board and I'm waiting for one to manifest. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't believe any of that stuff. But there was a point last summer where where I was suddenly taking control of my own destiny and it felt like I could make anything happen just by saying it aloud. Yes. Um, and I think we all as humans have capacity well beyond what we are told is our nature and mm. our ability. A hundred percent. And It lives are, in our unconscious mind. We are trained from day one into passivity. hundred percent. And the heroes are the ones who overcome the the indoctrination yes and begin to do the things that matter to them genuinely matter to them for the world well and and i have to say and we'll get to you in a second aaron um that mm-hmm. did Erin just raise her hand yes, yes i did, I, did. I didn't podcast. know we had rules i'm polite so uh, <laughs> i was so, told that we would be taking numbers <laughs> timmy timmy <laughs> <laughs> so, so i remember four of them. being in my first marriage and Really not thinking I had the choice to leave the man. Mm. And so, therefore, my world was limited by that belief. And you can, you know, the secret and vision boarding and whatever you want to talk about all the woo-woo stuff, there is something true about if you can imagine something, then it has more of a chance of becoming a reality than if you can't imagine it. Mm-hmm. Someone had to imagine the chair before the chair was made. So there's this thing about imagination that's so important. And I believe that imagination is our human superpower. Richard Feynman, when asked about anti-gravity, said, we have anti-gravity devices. They're called chairs. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Yes, Aaron. I was just going to say... I can't talk today. <laughs> I know. She hasn't had coffee, everyone. I feel like the, Aaron the Brown, hero everyone, without coffee. to get rid of the super, yes. you know, the, being true to yourself, and mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell talks about it, and having the courage, which is a huge trait of any yes. hero. Cur- courage. Courage. Y- you can have it, but if you don't use it, you know, it just sits there. And yeah. what good is that? But if you have the courage to really honor your yourself and your heart, even if you grew up in a passive environment or everything handed to you, it's mm-hmm. like that's I I do believe in it, certain things are are meant to be, and it and I think there are certain uh, we all have the capability to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like it's the courage uh, to look at it and choose that, and and despite all the no's and the rejection or the criticism or whatever the heck it is and go for it. And I also feel like that's how, what inspires everybody else. You yes, know? because you see someone else doing yeah, it. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like the, the hero often takes one for the team, mm. you know? And I look at, to bring it down for a minute, um, my friend, my best friend lost her daughter last year. I was thinking mm. about this Leah. very topic So if you want to know who my hero is, it's yeah. Leah Davis. Hi, yeah. Leah. You're the best. I feel her every day. Yeah. But she's, I mean, I can't even get into, I won't get into the 
the epic journey that this little child had at four and a half and the community of people talk about the human spirit coming through. I mean, it is amazing. Yeah. And how she rose again. And like, you know, we learned to walk once. She learned to walk at least three times before Mm. she was six. And her, she was called the heart stealer by doctors all over. (laughs) And she just had this light about her. And I don't know if you believe in soul contracts and all that other stuff. I do. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you just said. Soul contracts, like it's you, like you choose who your parents are. You choose your life that you're uh, going to move into you. to work out your karma and stuff like. All that. I know, mm. she did more in her six and a half then, precious years right. than the average person. Then, like does. six thousand people will right. do in their life, yeah. and unfortunately, there's so much suffering, and her parents are suffering, yeah, of but course, they're yeah. also so accepting and like. The momentum of goodness that has come out of it. I don't know. Like, Well, and I think the courage in that, beautiful. too. I mean, life, you know. And awful. The, uh, one of the things that Joseph Campbell talked about life is that, you know, being able to be joyful within the suffering. Mm-hmm. That life is suffering. You know, I mean, life is difficult. There's loss every day in every way. And there's entropy constantly nipping at our heels, wanting the world to fall apart, our lives to fall apart. I mean, that's why we have to shower every day, Kelly, right? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad the entropy you had that of my, under hair, my underarm hair. Entropy is right there, people. I want to know how you cut your lip shaving your underarms. Right? I know. <laughs> I had like a lip thing earlier. Um, and, and so the courage to stand up against suffering and entropy every day is, you know, it's not the big heroic thing. It's not the running into the the burning building. Um, and it's not, you know, this um, imaginal superhero kind of a thing. But every day, because of these conscious minds of ours, because we know that death is coming, whether we're in denial about it or not. We know it somewhere. Wait, 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 what? I'm sorry. What's happening? News What's flash. coming? Two big ahas for Dylan today in this show. <laughs> two big ahas. <laughs> it's a two aha episode, people. And we're only halfway there. <laughs> Both heads blown. <laughs> Need a couple of sound clips. Uh, Push the button. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Well, That's on. Chris Bono, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Bono on sound effects. Today. Hello, hello, Mister. And that's Bono with two ends. <laughs> yes, thank you, sir. And that's the built-in part of our heroness, our our heroism. Is this every day waking up and going, all right? I'm putting on my goddamn socks and I'm getting up and I'm doing this thing again. And uh, so that's yeah. <sighs> I was totally thinking about her mm. this morning in the shower while I was shaving my armpits. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's some real stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. that real and it and it isn't. So, yeah. Uh, so, also, um, um, who's some of your heroes? Chris? I like Jonathan Winters. Oh, yeah. My dad is my uh, uh, first major hero mm. and uh it all branched out from that but no he he's uh he was funny uh made wanted to uh both my parents uh, wanted to make sure that we were spoken to and and raised as adults like what within the information to some degree like, right and then respect that you give a, another person that's how they the same so they shared funny stuff with us so you never got Santa Claus or uh, oh, except for that. Fairy. I mean, they played the game. They played the game. Yeah. yeah. So that they're you know like the scene you see in those movies where the older brother is going like, 
He's not real. <laughs> so they, <laughs> Stop it! He's not, like, whatever. If you can't see it. You idiot. If you can't see it. <laughs> how did you get this family? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but then I, I did start seeing that a lot of my, well, I mean, my, one of my first heroes was Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, wow. Nice. Because uh, that guy, talk about being in his own world, but like uh, uh, respecting and uh, exploring his intellect. Oh, my God. Yeah. Of course, later I found that it was all the aliens. Yeah. Well, there, there are, there but are at least he was talking that, to them. I mean, you know, that he was a conduit for. But uh, no, I mean, I, I, I love that there. There were no boundaries. There were no mm. borders for him. He, if he wanted to be a scientist, he was. Yep. He wanted to be a, uh, uh, an a, artist and ex- observer and yeah. a thinker and all of that was that was really took up a lot of my my mind space as a kid and yeah. looking for people like that in front of me and uh, but that with a funny funny family. Um, it also turned. It's kind of spread out into the heroes are those people who. Break the pattern, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, and and one of the things, mm-hmm. like, listening to all this as well, is uh, uh, earlier you you mentioned something that made me think of Lori Kilmartin because she <laughs> did a whole, uh, I think it's a, a whole record of, of of a set that she did making jokes about her dead father. Yes, she did a whole book about it, and then a whole special. I am the guy that cannot help but make jokes at a funeral. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to sit next I'm, to you. I am walking around everyone going like, well, it's, uh, you seem to dress quite inappropriately. <laughs> Whatever I can do. <laughs> make like, I told Lift my mom when my mom passed away, I was by myself. Everyone was like, step right. back. And I'm telling my mom, I know you're dead, but I'm still going to be working on making you laugh <laughs> probably for quite a while. Yeah. No matter uh, what, still. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it is, it, it, it's not, it's not seen as, <laughs> I mean, there's always somebody like that. I just ended up being him. <laughs> I call that comedy Tourette's. I comedy have the same Tourette's, problem. yeah. It's, it's about the, anxiety. I, um, my, my novel <laughs>, Laughs Last, available at, uh, com slash Emporium link, um, <laughs> It, it deals specifically with getting the laughs at the funeral. Mm-hmm. I, that's, yeah. one of the, that's the central point of the mm-hmm. of the book. Um, I, yeah, I, I think breaking the pattern is very is really important in this. Yeah, yes, because you cannot a person cannot become a hero by fitting in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Mm-hmm. And we like to imagine we we, we confuse role models with heroes. We become so facile with the language that it all becomes the same thing, and I think they're very different. Yeah, I, I can see that. What is your distinction? Well, the role models that I—your father is a role model for me, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Jonathan Winters is a role mm-hmm. model for you more than a hero, so right? So people yeah. who walked a path ahead of you that kind of showed you a way That give you to the break sense the that you can do a thing yes. right. and there are ways to get there. And if I if I sort of follow that template, I'll be able to find my way to yes. my thing. Yes. Those are role models. Right. The sensei. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah very Teachers, much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heroes, on the other hand, um, are the ones who are so out of the norm yeah. until now because- after this show, people who are listening are all going to begin to seek within themselves their own heroism. Their, their inner heroism. Um, yes. 
But uh, the heroes are the ones who are so unusually steadfast in something that is right. Mm-hmm. Yes. The right thing, yes. That, uh, that we see them after the fact and not only want to emulate them, but see that they changed, they created an inflection point in history in one way or another. Mm. Mm-hmm. But they also go through struggle, some of them. Yes. I mean, a lot of struggle. Certainly. Yeah, like, it's not They, they might not, you know, want to look at their their gifts or their their vision, you know, that takes, and that they, goes back to the courage piece. Yeah, yeah. And, and they may pay a price. They most of the time do pay yeah. a price yeah. for it. I mean, yeah. a, a lot of people were assassinated in the 60s and paid yeah. a huge price and for it. Yeah, those <laughs> were some heroes. Huge. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and it, that's Very kind impactful. of, I think when, if you think about it, we were talking earlier about that time of late 70s, early 80s. So that's 10 years after, well, you know, we had JFK first, but we had Martin we had um, Teddy Kent. I'm Before not, that, um, we had Bobby McCarthy. Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy. All these artists were heroes going up against the McCarthy. Yes, yeah. but I'm talking about these specific people who we kind of put our eggs in a basket oh, yeah. like, oh, you know, MLK and, and and Robert Kennedy, you know, like, and these people were killed, assassinated mm. before our very eyes. And I, I mean, I remember that's like when my dad, like his heart was broken that year and it never got fixed again. And and I think something in our culture's heart got broken around And I that. think there is a danger in allowing ourselves to believe that heroes must be martyrs. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Very um, much a danger oh, in that. You know, there's a, a trend in film, again, in film, yeah. um, that uh, we saw it with Phenomenon. We saw it with uh, uh, Pay It Forward, where somebody comes along and they have unique ideas about how to make the world better, and they start to have an effect, and then it means they have a brain tumor and they have to die. It's the gaslight of all time. We, yeah. We have to tie heroism to martyrdom so that nobody actually does ever it. tries it. No one does and it, And I yeah. think that is a load of because crap. Because it's dangerous. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. It makes you not uh, want to try. Yeah. yeah. And walk right. away from your power. Fuck, I don't want to die. Yeah. And yet... Let me talk from a metaphorical archetypal space. Please. That oh, something does I'm sorry, have, we have to move into the metaphorical. Something has to die in order to be a hero on some level. You so mean a if layer it's of with self? Yes, within a layer of self, Alchemize. in psyche. Yes, that in order for you to have the courage to f- fight against the force or to to bring justice to an injustice or whatever it is. Something, uh, an idea has to die, an idea about who you are, an idea about how the world works has to die in some way that, you know, that that it is, you know, it's interesting that two of your heroes are from the Renaissance, which was really about, you know, Renaissance means rebirth. Something was... What about relearning? Uh, I heard it meant rebirth. I might be wrong. I don't Maybe know anything. Um, so, um, that, and, and in a, well, if it, either way, rebirth, relearning, it's the same thing. Something is being taken apart and dismantled and you know released yeah. in order for something new to be to, mm. to be created and and I think that's that is part of this hero's journey that it's not the, the martyrdom part is dangerous because it's a cultural thing but when you look at it as far as like as psyche goes some part of you is going to be sacrificed but that is yes and that is living not dying yes that is you know i'm currently right. working on a, a revision of a screenplay I'm, I'm working on a project for katie sullivan who mm-hmm. is kind of one of my heroes um uh 
and we're going to screenplay to to make her a star. I want to make her a star. And it's based on my Modern Depression guidebook. Mm. And the idea of this thing is that a, a self-help figure, yes. a motivational speaker, realizes it's bullshit and she's no longer believes what she's saying. Yep. And she starts to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then she becomes even a bigger self-help Ultimately <laughs> real. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, she becomes right. a satirist. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then eventually... Uh, realizes that she's starting to sell depression mm-hmm. and that's the satire she's created that this is where we have to go and her life starts to come back together mm. and by the end of the film she she uh realizes she's lying again and she tries to commit suicide because she's no longer depressed uh. um and uh and realizes eventually that it's a constant process of it, reinvention and rebirth yes and that's the hero's journey right there Boom. cool <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it's about a hero's const- destination. No. There's no destination. No. Right. no. It's endless it's journey, journey. Always right. journey. There's onion always peeling, onion peeling, onion peeling, onion peeling. You constantly. know what gives me hope? What? Seven-year-olds that can play the piano like they've been on the planet for th- uh, three hundred years. They probably have. They probably <laughs> have breaks and come back. That gives me that gives yeah. me a sense of like as much as you know, it's like oh, is it out there? No, maybe it's a cycle. Maybe we we keep like okay, we're accumulating information, and, and that and we'll gives come me back hope. and start with that. It gives me again. hope in a different way because I don't see it as that yeah. in the context. I see it that we are really um, what's unconscious in our brain mm-hmm. is is probably 95% of actually what is right. available to us. And we really live only about 5% of our consciousness. I just want to do and, so many things. And so that you piano can. playing, that that kid was born accessing that ability of skill and connection yeah. uh, to that part of our unconscious. And that's why imagination is so important. You have to dream. You have to be able to dream and imagine and get that there's something in this quote-unquote the unknown which is just our unconscious um that's already available to you that's already available to you that you can step right into that you can expand into and that yeah you're probably gonna have to learn a little skill and let go of some ideas about who you are but um there's also a way to unfold ourselves in a bigger way so, so what, that, you're, that's, that's what you're saying is that. is it's time management issues i <laughs> Might have some time management. It's an epigenetic trigger that needs to be switched. Yeah. It's an, it is an epigenetic Everything trigger. you want to do is, that you think you can't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It's believing yeah. it and feeling it, though. You, too, you do. You absolutely have to believe it also. And, and then you yeah. have to it. fucking do something about yeah. it. That's where the courage comes in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the courage comes in in the dreaming part, but the courage really comes in when, oh, I'm going to fucking take the leap and go for it based on this idea of what I believe I'm capable of in a bigger way. It's also a surrender, I think, and a trust, because sometimes I don't always believe it. Well, yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's well, like other I, people around you believe it. I think we're half and half always. Yeah. I think part of us, I think, you know, maybe we're like 100% disbelief. Then we start to get a little belief in and we start to build it in, but there's still this like a lot of habitual disbelieving yeah. going on. And so we're both things at the same time. And that mindset shift mm-hmm. is why one meditates in the morning <laughs> or does whatever they do in the morning right. because that's yeah. that's the key the mindset shift in the morning absolutely it's good to have a morning shift it is. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't shift daily yeah. something probably shift not piles up yeah <laughs> shift really piles up i got so much shift yeah shift happens yeah shift yeah. happens it does it does and you know and there's things you can take to help your morning shifting shift. Shift easier. 
a bunch of shift, if you ask It me. is. Yeah. It can be a I bunch, like, of like just a huge shift. pile of shift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really, you know, uh, the interesting thing about superheroes is it's not brave when they do it. They got fucking superpowers. Right. right. Vulnerable. Bullets oh, are bouncing off the motherfucker. Great point. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. like, what are you, this I'm is what not, I do. you're not brave. You're just doing this like Wednesday, you know, just getting to your car. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> but... Like someone who's not bulletproof, you gotta be brave to run to your car when they're shooting the bullets. That's yeah. real courage is being a human doing this shit. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And mm-hmm. I just had another take on this. Um, when I was in leadership camp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't afford leadership. One of the camp. things that we learned about ourselves, uh, because it's all about being front of the room people, whether you're speaking or workshop leading or whatever it is, it's about being um on in front of eyeballs and and shifting and moving a room right so whether mm-hmm. you're a performer whatever it is and they didn't talk about it this way but people talk about it a little bit in the coaching world now about kind of what's your superpower and your superpower is that very thing that you do without thinking that is unique to you and that makes a shift in the room automatically when you walk into it that there's something that uniquely Dylan, Rick, Aaron, Chris, myself, every single person listening here, it's something you do. And one way you can find out about what that thing is, is you can talk to many people in your life. And this is like an exercise that coaches give their clients. And they say, talk to 10 people in your life who are close to you and ask them, what are some of the qualities and traits that you bring into a situation that you don't even know? Like it's it's not an active thing. It's not a thing you have to muscle or do. That just by showing up in a room, you create something and you don't have to think about it. There's no courage involved with it because mm. it's just seeping out of your it's pores. Natural. And in some ways, it is your superpower. Then, Wait, I have that to write way. this down, an exercise that involves people talking about me. The heroism comes in. So that's that's not really, that's the antithet of the heroism. I, I, that's just, right. yeah, but but I was, the heroism I was, is how you apply it then. What do you sure. tell that room? Yes, exactly. And that you, you, A, also that you use it for good, like a superhero should, yeah. right? Right. You're using, it, right. You're using it to bring uh, justice to, to these people's lives, whatever it is, whether it's a, a laugh or an enlightenment yeah. or a shift in sure. their mindset, whatever sure. it is. Um, and that, yeah, that, that it is, it is something that, um, that once you're aware of it, then you can start to stack on other it gives you a sense of confidence and courage mm. to go outside of your own comfort zone then he's like oh i can go i just know that like when i walk into a room one of my things is i do a couple of things um i bring a sense of um safety to a room i could create space and safe space for people to be in when i'm in a room and i also have a way of um uh, bringing um disparate ideas together that just by who I am I'm just I'm, I can bring a reverence to reverence and reverence to a reverence and and I do this thing and I talk with my hands a lot and all this kind of stuff and there's an energy I bring to a room because I know that then I know I have permission to do bump bump and bump right and that's the part where the courage comes in when you start to say oh I have permission to do that okay then I'm going to pull these people out of their comfort zones a little bit in whatever way it is whether it's through performance or workshop or anything like that so yeah hmm 
We're solving things here. I can feel it. <laughs> Humanity's a better place today. You are a hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like those bumps. I am a heroine. Mm. You know, the word heroine mm, was a heroine. product name by an IG Farben, turned into Bayer, product that was a, a opiate. It made you feel for heroic. World War One. No way. It was, it was, well, that it makes was, sense. It well, was just that. Why the word? Oh no, no, no. I've always wondered why the word was so similar. Yeah. It was given to people after World War One with pain, painful injuries, yeah. right? Because they were to be seen as heroes, not as addicts, right? Wow. Oh my God. And now you think about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, God, you think about into the cultural psyche of that word heroin. and that fucking insanity and horror that is visiting this country right now wow that's i i'm gonna go look up someone must have done a goddamn dissertation about this i need to go i'll bet they did at pacifica Mm -hmm. (laughs) the depth psychological etymology of heroin and that's at that wow i did not know that choice words by the same people that put cocaine in coke yes exactly oh look at the kids run look at them run why they call it Coca <laughs> Little monkeys, they're really mm. fucking running. And now we're all addicted to sugar. It's yep. just it's not the same okay. drug. Which was which was a drug until it was declassified in I want to say 1932. Wow. What? Did not really. Sugar? sugar was considered a drug. Really? Yes, until it was declassified. <laughs> wow. So people chewing on sugar cane. Yeah. Were bad people. No, they were just getting work done. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, yeah. the idea of moral implications of drug use. Right. Is of changing your state of fairly new. Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um I, because it is I mean like it's one of the most addictive things there is. I mean, I have a, I'm yeah. struggling with it big time. I have a belief so. that uh that the reason we have uh <laughs> addiction problems and and the major drug issues we have in the US currently is that every uh culture that grew up tribally that grew up uh outside of feudalism and capitalism, Uh uh, had at some point in its uh, uh, maturation process, drug use as rite of passage. A hundred percent. And it was designed so that as you are coming into your adult consciousness, right. you have this experience that changes perspective. Expands it, your mindset. Gives you a sense of the, the larger world around you through drug use. And then you can integrate. Integrates it and returns you back to your daily life. Here yep. you are now. We yep. instead vilify it. So when kids find this thing that expands their, their mindset, I want more. they have no guidance, they yes. have no sense of integration, they just have the sense that this was important and they want it. And yes. there's a Damocles, a sword, Damoclesian sword over some their head. Damn oh, Sordocles. They have a Sordocles. Sordocles. They have uh, <laughs> some, some sort of stamp Sordocles. Some, you say, uh, yeah. They have, uh, uh, so that it's, uh, every experience is entered with guilt, and I know I must inherently be doing something wrong. That's right. So it's I particu- can't see the good side of any of the Particularly if it expands my, my mind and my consciousness yeah. and my vocabulary of experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then and then you get trapped because mm. now now you want this thing well, and then, everyone is telling you it's wrong, so you got to do it secretly, and now it's become a and your biology an traps you because back when we were hunter gatherers, coming across a fruit tree or something with sugar in it was a rare occurrence, mm. and what would happen is the the fruit would only be ripe for so long, and so the village would come and they would gorge on it. It would be feasting time, right? And so they would gorge on it, and so the the body. 
knew that it was like it was going to be a short-term gorge because there was literally you couldn't gorge on it after it was all gone. So it's not like you were triggering <laughs> some sort of addictive thing. But the body then has been, um, because of the calories were so good, there were such good calories. Utilizable you calories. Utilizable calories. Mm, right. That the body, the minute that it gets sugar in it, it goes into we must gorge. And so we're hardwired for gorging. There's a great book called American Mania by the guy who used to run the UCLA Neuropsychiatric um, Institute. And I he's I interviewed him, I think, for this show twice. And I can't remember his name right now because I'm menopausal and I don't remember names. Mm -hmm. uh, but he talks about that. But that's a whole other topic. Um, and we are going to wrap up our heroes topic here. Carlos uh, Castaneda. <laughs> and one more. Just had to say, uh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, that for was the initiation of the drug. Discussing about the drugs, yeah, and then it's also shamanic. reading that, and yes. suddenly thinking, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go through that. Well, I have ritual. To, it's interesting but, too about this bringing in this ritual thing and and bringing up the drug thing and heroin, which is just fascinating to me. That whole I'm going to go do some investigating about that, but. Um, I right now have been studying for the last year something called dream tending, which is mm. something through Pacifica, where I got my master's degree, depth psychology. The guy who created Pacifica uh, works with dreams in a very particular way. It's not it's not Freudian, it's not Jungian, it's this kind of other way, and it's it's very shamanic in in what we do. And I used to have this relationship because I read Carlos Castaneda in the 70s when I was a teenager and was like, I want to go on that adventure. And I want to, you know, the rumors are that he would just like show up in his literary agent's office. Like he'd be able to appear and disappear like all the great gurus in <laughs> India. Right. You know, and I'd go to the Bodhi tree and I want to be like these people. And so it was always this magic to it. There was this magical realm thing. And what I've learned the last year working with dreams in this particular way and working a bit on what shamanic journeys actually are, is that it is pure imagination, pure imagination, and yet it's also imagination that you respect as independent and autonomous information within it. And so it's um, not literal. Uh, there's no dead people actually walking in my bedroom when I do some of this shamanic journeying, but there are my parents are there. And I'm having a conversation with them, and and things are shifting in psyche, and things are shifting in my life because imagination is a part of our human realm. And this, for me, has been a huge heroic year for me because this was always a part of who I was. This realm and that ability to feel into it and see into it, and I used to literalize it with the magic of Carlos Castaneda and all these other kind of things, and it's been really scary and yet the truest thing I could do is to start to have these shamanic journeys and to have this relationship with my imagination in this way and be out about it to talk about it outward because um 10 years ago when I my dad died and I got swept into the the comedy world I also got swept into the atheist world and the skeptic world and they don't want to hear anything about this shit because they look at you like you're crazy and it's like I want to say to them but no imagination is an important aspect of human psyche. It is not the rational logic part, but you can bring rational logic into your irrational conversation of imaginal figures. How else do you write a screenplay? And you can use the imaginal uh, space yes. to permanently alter the reality of your psyche. A hundred percent, because that's the real conversation about psyche and mindset, is that you have to use imagination to switch it around. And it is as real as anything, but we don't have a way to measure it yet. Evolution is imagination's natural exponent. Yes. 
It, it's like ha- it, it is imagination generally is triggered by problem solving. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yep. That's evolution. Yeah. And problem with, solution. And these frontal lobes that we've gotten in evolution is just the imagination fucking factory that we get to actually be in conversation with it. I think it's down oh, here. Well, it's belly. both. It's and actually this is digital recording it, up on top and it uh, takes all the credit because it doesn't know the difference. It, it, that's a great <laughs> that's a great point. And I think we don't even know enough about the body yet. But yeah, what's in the gut it is, hits me here in my tummy. Oh, ooh, yeah. And so then does, bing, and, and, and I don't so my that's why I don't always remember it because it didn't load. It in didn't the brain. go through memory. Nice. It Interesting. didn't load up top. It just played out. So I think the most heroic thing that we can all do in our lives is to honor this dreaming, this imagination, and dream ourselves into it, and dream ourselves into what it takes to change this fucking planet and change our lives. You know, and without the dreaming part, uh, we're fucked. <laughs> cue music and cue and music yeah. right may I, there may i put an invitation out to this table and all of your listeners yes, before please. we're gone away please yes uh on february 10th at the improv in the day it's a sunday in afternoon, los angeles in los angeles uh i'm teaching a two-hour master class uh for writers and those who are interested in writing everyone at this table is invited free as my guests for this two-hour event uh all of your listeners if they wish to go to dil uh, to activevoiceproductions.com slash masterclass. Uh, You'll see that they are charging way too much for this class. If you uh, sign up for it and you use the code WFAD, that's Waking from the American Dream, WFAD as a code, uh, I think you get 75% off on the the cover price. Thank you, Dylan, for that. It's a two-hour class. It will change the way you write forever. I'm going to uh, make sure that if my day is open, I will be there, Dylan. I would love to have you. I'm excited to to walk through your process. Sunday Sunday at 1.30. 1.30 at at the the Improv. improv. Beautiful. In the lab, that little part. Uh, thank you, Dylan. And and if you want to hear anything about what Dylan's up to, you can go to either his activevoiceproductions.com website, which or is all of his teaching, workshopping stuff that he's been doing, or the dylanbrody.com that has all of his creative performance stuff there. And Rick, what are you up to these days? Where can we see you on the television or in the movies? Uh, I'm going to be coming up on uh, Drunk History. Oh, <laughs> Wait, what are you playing? A reenactor, I am not allowed to say. Oh, okay. Can't give that part away. You sign oh. the whole thing. You yeah, sign yeah, yeah, NDA yeah, yeah, that's true. So so uh, oh, you just see me not drinking because I don't, but I'm going to do the reenactor. This, I'm doing the, the sinking, the lip sinking. Yes, yes. And, oh, it's so uh, amazing. That's all I can say. And nice. then, but I, I was just on uh, Adam Ruins Everything, the Second Amendment episode Yay. around Thanksgiving. Oh, oh fantastic. And, uh, that's a very smart uh, edutainment show. He's Love great. For all ages. I learn a, a, a lot of stuff watching him. I want his haircut. Yeah, and I want the hair. I demand it. And, <laughs> I demand uh, the hair. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's what's going on. Mm. And thank you for having me. Oh, always, always. And Aaron, what are you dreaming into these days? Um, I've just been writing a lot. Good. Yeah, so we'll see. It's all going to manifest, guys, because now I'm going to tap into my dreams. Yes. Yay! I have, I have like three million projects. I have like four projects on my plate. Dream, <gasps> believe, commit, receive. Hey, Dream, believe, I have to say. I like that. Oh. Put that on your it's card. Not it's not Dream, mine. Believe, it's my, it's my guru. It's my, it's my guru right now. Conceive. Dream, believe, commit, receive. 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 Allow that's it. That's, receive, that's where I'm at right now. Be open Allowing to it. Receiving. receiving. Allowing all of it. Receiving. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Don't let pride get in the way. Go to my Instagram, hot red carpet. Hot red carpet it's Instagram. Very Instagram. I love silly. Silly's important. Silly is silly. silly, is silly. It's uh, very important. Uh, 
Bono, what's uh, what have you been sketching? What have you been painting lately? Uh, what you, and what are you? And you oh, you're acting. You're in an but, acting but, class. But, you're doing all sorts of creative things an, again. An acting class uh, with uh, <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio's teacher. Oh, really? So I'm very excited about it because he's one of the weirdest, but somehow still real and grounded in his he's choices. Fantastic. Vincent D'Onofrio so is. Yes. Yeah. Actor hero in Absolutely. my book. Absolutely. Yeah. And Incredible. so when I heard that one out of the list of teachers, I went, oh, okay. Yeah. So after this, I'm going to be spending time trying to get off book for my scene tonight. Yeah. Um, what scene are you doing tonight? Uh, it's a scene from the play 50, 50 Words. And it's a couple who uh, have been slightly estranged because of his affair. Hmm. Uh, and they are in the house alone for the first time in nine years because uh, their son uh, finally got a sleepover. But there's resentments and Oh, that'll be good juice. That sounds like a good juicy yeah, scene. juicy. And so I have to have the lines yes, down you do. in order to find the juiciness. You have to go home and memorize. But you can find some of my artwork on Instagram at Chris Bono Art. And I've been drawing, uh, part of this program is 300 drawings in 300 days. Yes. Which has made me draw over 1,000, 1,500 drawings, That's I'm sure. so beautiful. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm... Uh, I'm, and I'm also looking to to have an art show soon where I get to show some of uh, my paintings that are part of a nacho series. Awesome. <laughs> I did. I'm doing a series of ideas uh, with nachos as the middle theme. One of them is called "Return to Nacho Island." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a, uh, another one that's truckload of nachos, which is a, a truck driving the sunset with nachos on it, and that's important to me. Silly. And I have some stuff about with comfort food, where a man is sleeping on a giant BLT. <laughs> So I'm trying to, you know, it's all coming together, Kelly. That's what it is. It it's is. all coming together. I love it. It's beautiful. Uh, thank you. And that's Chris Bono, B-O-N-N-O, art, um, uh, on Instagram. And you can find me at kellycarlin.com, of course. And uh, you can find out more about what I'm doing there. If you want to work with me, go to Working With Kelly, and they'll tell you all about that kind of stuff. And Patreon this lady. And Patreon me too, yes, please. Uh, so thank you guys all for being here. You were all, in your own way, I have to tell you, heroes of mine. You all have as, you all have aspects of what you do in the world that makes me braver every day. So thank you for being here. I really, really, really appreciate it. Right you. You thank are you for having me. Feed my thank heart. You so and you guys much. out there have a great week. And uh, hopefully I'll be on a podcast in a week from now because that's how I'm supposed to be doing it now, says the voice in my head that tells me what to do, like shave my underarms every day. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Just as I am But the way I've always wanted to
saw you Or I guess that I should say From the first time I saw you look at me 